Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Agent 13 is approaching with restraints. Meow. To listen to this show, find us on foreignradio.com <laughs> and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons. Spectacular. That's what I'm <laughs> going with. Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, Jason, Zoe, Bread, and Jonathan. Thanks. Thank y'all. We're I talking... love that line. It's yeah, so it's stupid. Good. It's unnecessary. <laughs> no one would ever say it. Uh, yeah. And it's just there. It's Agent funny. 13 is approaching with restraints. <laughs> Thanks, Agent 13. Thanks. <laughs> hey, maybe don't blow up my spot. I'm trying to restrain Spider-Man. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like kind of a bad move for right? for for undercover she, you know, yeah. shield operatives. Who are what the supposed fuck, to be good Agent 14? Why did you do that? <laughs> Seems like that was on purpose, actually. I don't know. Why didn't you, like, put the toilet seat down today, Agent 13? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, It's a S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. It's a S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. It's it's kind of funny, though, that, like, the first episode of the season, for a chunk of it, is, like, the sort of, like, fun little noir episode. And then this one is, like, a spy thriller like kind of yeah are they all going to be kind of like genre uh episodes i doubt it but it is yeah. kind of fun that they're sort of exploring that yeah. more than they really had done because i feel like in the past they didn't really or it would be like you know the whole second season is like sci-fi horror basically mm-hmm. um but you know this is just sort of like you know just kind of shifted around a little bit and it and it makes sense um last season was like a you know a crime mystery and this is like Shield stuff and Captain America related stuff and, mm-hmm. and all that. So yeah, it's pretty pretty neat. And, yeah, and, and little kitty cats, little kitty cats, and little too. kitty cats, little kitty cats. <laughs> I'll have more production stuff to have next week because it's more relevant to the episode that uh, the episode the well yeah the next week's episode because it's more yeah. relevant to the character that is more spotlighted next week and isn't really in this case um, that this episode is just setting up so. I don't really have any background stuff on this one at all um, until we get to next week. So we can just start talking about these little key cats. Let's do it. Let's do it. So you can watch this episode, of course, on Disney Plus if you want to watch along with us. We are talking about Spider-Man, the animated series, season four, episode two, entitled Partners in Danger, chapter two, The Cat. Felicia, hmm? you're home. Oh, oh. Grace, I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm a, I'm a little distracted tonight. I'll call you soon. Sure. Mother, we 
What's going on here? Felicia, stay away. Young Miss Harvey, <laughs> how very nice to hold you in my arms again. Mother, Spider-Man tried to save us. How? By charging in and ruining everything? <laughs> Are you okay? No. My world is crumbling around me. <laughs> Your choice, Octavius. Either fall in line or fall 70 stories. Where does a guy like Jonah keep a little com badge for a top secret agency? He wouldn't frame it, would he? Wait a minute. I memorized the formula, but there's something I don't understand. Why would Axis spies name their agent Captain America? <laughs> they weren't Nazis, were they? You're the Nazis! I tell Felicia her father's still alive, but I need to get all the facts straight first. The synopsis per IMDb is Dr. Octopus and Kingpin break Felicia's father, John Hardesky, a.k.a. the Cat, from prison. As a boy, the cat witnessed the creation of Captain America and knows the formula they used. Now Kingpin <laughs> wants the information for himself. Well, I guess we're done. We don't really need to yeah. watch or talk about the episode yeah, now. They, they covered we got it. it. We they, got, covered they covered the it all. Thing, honestly. Any questions I had, right there in the synopsis. <laughs> right there, yep. <laughs> um, the original air date was February 8th, 1997. Story by John Semper. Teleplay by Sean, Catherine, Derek, who we have talked about before because she previously wrote the Daredevil two-parter of this show um, mm. and is well known for having been a story editor on like the early episodes of Batman the Animated Series. That's actually cool that she did the Daredevil one and then this one in particular. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some connections. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, last week I mentioned we got some new voice actors for characters we've met before. We get a couple more here. So uh, Anastasia Hardy is now voiced by Nita Talbot. It's the third Anastasia Hardy that we've gotten, I think, in this show. I think right? you're right. <laughs> yeah, because the, the I mean, first one was uh, was uh, Blanche Devereaux, and then the second one was some lady, and now it's another lady. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't show up that much, so it's fair. It's fine. Yeah. I would have liked Blanche to show up more. I mean, if I had a preference, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are some similarities, honestly, to Anastasia Hardy's new voice uh and on may's new voice they both started acting in the 50s uh just like julie bennett nita talbot's final acting credit was a spider-man one this show and uh a fun thing she portrayed the russian spy maria in a season of hogan's heroes a role she received an emmy nomination for (laughs) which is like a fun thing to get an emmy nomination for it's not like she was a regular she just like made a big impact nice (laughs) Uh, she guested on like tons of popular TV series throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. One of those actors where if you name a show from one of those decades, she probably was on one episode of it. Love it. That's who she is. And then Nick Fury has a new voice actor as well. Nick Fury is now voiced by Jack Angel. He voiced characters in all sorts of superhero cartoons in the 70s and 80s, including uh, the all-new Super Friends Hour, Challenge of the Super Friends, just Super Friends, and basically anything that was ever called Super Friends, so there's actually more than just those three. Uh, <laughs> he provided voices in Spider-Man 1981. I just don't think we've met him yet in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, the Transformers, G.I. Joe, a bazillion other things, like all kind of that that uh, couple decades of cartoons he was all over. He also was the voice of King Zarkon, among other voices, in Voltron Defender of the Universe, which was a show that went for over 100 episodes. So that's kind of like his biggest, longest 
uh, credit, and he provided voices for all sorts of video games and animated films, including a whole bunch of Pixar movies. Uh, he primarily provides like additional voices, uh, but he did like from Toy Story 2 or maybe even the first Toy Story all the way through Monsters University, which... Uh, in that movie, he voiced Earl the Terror Thompson, who, if your memory is very good, was one of the legendary scarers at Monsters, Inc., uh, with four eyes, a very severe unibrow, and a very long mustache-like beard that reached pretty much to his feet. Super cool guy. I guarantee when you see him, you'll be like, I remember that guy, because he's yeah. cool. He has a sick design. Sounds cool. <laughs> I remember, I don't remember him at all right now, though. I wouldn't expect you to by name. He was one of the ones that, that is like on trading cards that Mike collected and like probably saw when he was a kid. Um, It's just a cool design. So I was like excited when I saw that he did that voice. Cause I was curious. I was like, who did he voice in monsters university? Cause he would have been like pretty old at that point. Yeah. I don't know that I remember. Oh, he's a cool, he is. I don't, I still don't remember him, but he has a really cool (laughs) design. To be fair. I don't really remember a lot from that movie. I'm sorry. Um, I don't but, know. I feel like I remember you saying that was your favorite Pixar movie. That's so weird. Yeah, definitely not. Um, yeah, he's a fucking grad design, though. I love it. That's what I'm saying. Cool. He kind of sounds like what, like, or he looks like what he sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. He looks like his exactly. voice. It's like perfect casting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, I just think this credit is very funny. In the 1995 dub of Dragon Ball Z, Wrath of the Dragon, he's credited as Screaming Sc- Man. <laughs> cool all right hey, so i can't weird. wait to get to the point where i can watch dragon ball z and see a screaming man and say i know that guy <laughs> <laughs> um and then not necessarily a new actor but a new character to us um well i guess it's both uh the cat is voiced by john philip law uh he was specifically this is just a fun fact that I think is fun. He was specifically recommended by Jane Fonda to appear in Barbarella, which is like one of his bigger like Mm -hmm. name movies that he was in. So I just think that's very fun, like to be handpicked by Jane Fonda. Um, But primarily he had like smaller roles across several late sixties and seventies films, including Skidoo and the love machine. But he does eventually go on to star in the golden voyage of Sinbad, which I'm curious to know if you have seen Derek. No, I have because I think it's like a Harryhausen. Yeah, I I know what okay. it is. If that if that's the Sinbad movie that because yeah, Harryhausen did do a Sinbad movie. So if that's the the same one, I know this a, is also been a million Sinbad movies. So right. <laughs> so what's weird is he okay? So he voiced Sinbad in the Golden Voyage of Sinbad, which is the second of three Sinbad movies. I think that maybe Universal made, but each one of them has a different person playing Sinbad. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know if they're connected or if they were just like, let's keep making Sinbad movies. No um, idea. But I, I do they, know this one had Harryhausen stuff. I think that the Harryhausen... not all of them. Okay, I'll, I'll look I'll look into it. I, I'm not sure because I know that... Well, I don't. I haven't seen them. Regardless, they're they're on my bucket yeah. list. They're things that I need to see as a Harryhausen <laughs> fan. So... I yeah. need to see all of them. And I think, yeah, they're all, you're right. They're all, it does have Harryhausen effects. So I just need to watch all of them really is what it is. Yeah. So that's fine. Guess so. Cool. That's cool. That's a cool connection though. That's a, another reason for me to finally go around and watch in the Sinbad movies. Yeah. Yeah. And like so many people we've mentioned when we talk about this series, he didn't do necessarily a ton of voice acting. So he's kind of in company perfectly with a lot of folks that were seemingly sought out as older Hollywood fo- folks or like somebody that was a connection to a connection. And it sounds like, 
This he is was. correct. He was sought out. Yeah, it was funny. There was just I wasn't even really looking for casting stuff. I was more just looking about like Black Cat information for next oh, week because yeah. I knew that there was going to be a whole conversation about you know that character. But then I kind of came across just this fun little tidbit. John Semper had said um, John Philip Law. He apparently like had was really John Philip Law as an actor through like Barbarella and Danger Diabolic, which I've never even heard of, but yeah. I, I, I'm familiar <laughs> with, I know Barbarella. Yeah. Um, and so he, oh, he, he knew him from that, but apparently he was like, the dude's voices was like so deep in those movies that I assumed, cause this was a common thing where they would sometimes hire like a foreigner and then have an American dub over their voice. Like that was a thing that like movies mm-hmm. of that time would often do. Um, especially if they're like sci-fi movies or like fantasy or whatever, where they just want to get like beefy dudes or something like that and who maybe can't act and then have someone dumb them over like stuff like that would happen pretty frequently so it makes sense why he would uh, just assume like well that's not this guy's real voice like he doesn't really sound like that he doesn't look like he sounds like that um but he says that like he met him at a convention and then quote uh, to to quote john semper he said to my utter amazement he opened his mouth and smoke and spoke (laughs) that deep dubbed voice that was his real voice so i asked him if he'd do the voice of felicia's father and he agreed yeah i mean I get it. He kind of just looks like a guy. Like, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not like he's like a, a guy where you're like, oh, he's huge. I'm not surprised he has a booming voice. Like, he just looks like a guy. <laughs> it's so funny, too, though, because it's like, that's not, I don't, that's not, I feel like that's a thing that is sort of like, that fell out of practice, I guess the 80s, maybe? Like, where, like, like now it's, it, you would never cast an actor and then just like redub them over you know like i know it it, it it will happen sometimes for various reasons but it's usually like you cast the actor and then find out after the fact like oh shit like this person can't yeah. act or something and they redub over it or something but like i feel like they would that would be part of the plan sometimes is to just cast an actor and redub them over and that's just something that like stopped happening after like you know the early decades of cinema which is so interesting yeah yeah yeah, which I mean, not that that happened, that didn't happen in this case at all. It's just funny that like that was part of the the story of this guy. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that that's not necessarily a thing anymore. No, I don't think Although it's usually it not did, really that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but in this case, since it's built into the fabric, it clearly was like probably what made John Semper specifically remember him is not even just mm-hmm. the voice, but like the pre like the assumption that was like proven wrong. You know? Yeah, yeah. It is. It, it is very. It's a funny story for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well we've talked anastasia hardy and we've talked the cat uh so clearly we've got a hardy drama uh to Ooh. get to here <laughs> yeah so a hearty hearty drama uh, yeah nice <laughs> <laughs> so this episode opens with spider-man once again reflecting on the loss of mary jane which makes sense sure. um, and deciding he needs to talk to someone about it how responsible he's gonna find a therapist right uh, not quite. He's going to go find Felicia, which isn't necessarily a bad idea either. I, yeah. I actually like, I like this bit. This, this is another thing where it's just like random continuity. Mm-hmm. Like I like this because yeah. Cause he specifically is like, she was deeply in love with Michael Morbius and then lost him for like bizarre superhero related mm-hmm. reasons as well. Like, so who like the she hell would kind else of, could I possibly consult? <laughs> right, right. And like granted, yeah, should be a therapist, but also Peter Parker, he probably doesn't have the money to go see a professional therapist actually. Well, and he's in his Spider-Man. Defense. And he's Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> so it, now what I would be curious about, cause we never get to see it because he's never able to, to have this conversation with Felicia. Yeah. Do you think 
he was going to go to her as Spider-Man or as Peter Parker because those are t- because they're two yeah. different situations. But I could see reasons for him to do both because well, Felicia uh, likes Spider-Man more than Peter Parker and would be yes. more receptive to talk to him. But Spider-Man would have to keep things very, very vague as to who he lost mm-hmm. at risk of revealing his identity. Whereas as Peter Parker, they do have a relationship like she knows him. She They, they are friends and he could mm-hmm. explicitly say – I was dating Mary Jane and lost her. Can and I know you lost Michael. Can we talk about this? Um, but knowing Peter, he probably would have gone to Spider Man and kept the shit vague and not had a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the 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 correct move would be to go as Peter Parker because even if she doesn't like him as much as Peter Parker, like you said, they do have the connection. And I do think it's the kind of thing where it's like, hey, I know we're not that close, but. I have this thing that's very specific. And then you kind of have this sort of almost, it's not quite trauma bonding because you didn't go through the same thing, but it's similar. And there are so few people who could talk about something like that, that I do feel like even if you're like, I'm not really your friend, you would probably gravitate to that person anyway. Cause it's like, yeah, "Yeah, maybe you get it too. Maybe I can talk to you also. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think one, you're right. He's Peter Parker and he's dumb and he probably would just like go as Spider-Man. But two, when he does eventually arrive there, like he shows up as Spider-Man. Like yeah. oh, I know and he, and he shows up like fully at her place as Spider-Man. It's not like he shows up outside as Spider-Man. So I know that yeah. we don't get an answer because we don't see the conversation. But, uh, but <laughs> I think I think the direction is probably clear. Yeah. Yeah. He could have, you know, this could have been a moment where, you know, in a different show, he's like admitting to Felicia only that he's Spider-Man, but I can't imagine that happening in the show. Yeah. I would love it to see it, but yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, so he decides he wants to talk to Felicia. And like you mentioned, because she went through something with Michael Morbius, kind of similarly weird and supernatural. And so that's kind of what he's decided is the best course of action. We then cut over to Felicia who is on a date with Brace Huntington. Brace. Brace? Brace? I fully thought that the subtitles were just wrong and she was right. saying Bryce. You'd think. That's a name. Because it's close enough that like, if the, if the subtitles were auto-generated, I wouldn't be surprised. For sure. But no, it's definitely Brace. Brace. Which sounds like a made-up like Chad name from right now. Right. Like if you were making a character that we weren't, and maybe this is just the same case here, probably is, but like, I feel like that's the kind of name I would come up with now if I were trying to make like a caricature of a preppy guy uh, that we're definitely not supposed to take seriously. (laughs) Right. It's just so funny. Hey, I'm Brace. Like, God, Felicia, (laughs) you're terrible taste in men. You should be on guard from like the whole Jason Phillips whatever situation. Uh Like, be on guard for men that seem, for rich men that seem like they have fake names. You're dating this like stuck up annoying rich not guy named Brace Huntington. Brace Huntington. Red flag. That guy is obviously a supervillain. Like, I know Uh it's never revealed to be a supervillain, but I am 100% positive he is absolutely a supervillain of some kind. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. Felicia like, needs girl, like a really good doing? girlfriend who's not rich. Yeah, I like, mean it could have been Mary Jane, needs. but she fell into well, an interventional portal, and I don't know if she, they Derek. Don't know if they ever even talk to each other. Tbh, so whatever. <laughs> oh god, poor Felicia. Yeah. Poor Felicia. Well, she's on this date and it's going very poorly because she keeps getting distracted. In this case, it's by a memory of her father. Um, 
Brace like takes off his gloves and this reminds her of a time when, you know, her dad was taking off his gloves or whatever. Um, And Brace remarks like, hey, Felicia. So like we've gone on a few dates. I think they're great. I think you're great. But you always kind of seem like you're somewhere else. Uh, So he has noticed this. um, And as he's saying this, she zones out again and then when she comes to she's just at home like he's like all right we're done date's over you're home bye girl Uh, (laughs) like it's a really terrible ending to a date yeah (laughs) it's bad you know what though if he never calls her again good yeah (laughs) seriously because she's not the one calling let's be a hundred percent real absolutely she is she is absolutely just going through the motions at this point uh, I feel like at this point, yeah, Felicia's not calling anyone, you know, no. like there are just suitors, basically. I think this girl is just straight up depressed, actually. Yeah, <laughs> like- uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think that's fair. <laughs> that's absolutely fair. Uh, you dated two supervillains. How did this happen to you? Mm-hmm. She's going through it. Okay. Yeah. She's going through it. Oh, boy. Well, she's, you know, after uh, after she's dropped off after the date, uh, she comes home and overhears a conversation between her mother and Dr. Octopus. Just, Not the only hardy woman who's entangled with supervillains, it seems. No, 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 no. I'd forgotten how, like, integral... Well, entangled, that's the perfect word. Entangled Doc Ock and the Hardys were in, like, yeah. their original appearance. Because I don't know that... Well, no, I guess that they... Did they interact in they interact in the third season, didn't they? Because isn't like the whole Octobot stuff and Spider Man yeah. gets his memory wiped? Okay, so they have interacted since that. Yeah, because she's like part of, isn't she? She was like part of like basically a board of of rich, powerful people, right? Yeah, alongside like Norman and Fisk and all them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I guess yeah. she kind of was more integral than I was giving her credit for when I was talking about the actors. But she doesn't literally appear that much. Yeah, though. yeah. Like she's that's integral fair. when yep. she's in. They don't. They don't throw. She's not. She doesn't show up for like throwaway parts. When she's there, it's because she like needs to be part of something. Yeah. She is part of like the fabric of the show. Yeah. She just like doesn't actually show up to do stuff very often. But which is disappointing. <laughs> she should be fabric of yeah. the show. Or yeah. she should be a regularly appearing piece of that fabric. She should appear as much as the other business people do, like Norman yeah. Osborn. And Fi- I know she's not a supervillain, so that's I part guess of that's it. But probably it. Yeah, that's really all. Yeah, yeah. That's actually that's exact. That explains all of it because no other non. And Peter doesn't work for her. And Jameson was like the fourth member of that. I think. Yeah. Never mind. I just wanted. It would just been cool to have like. A, a a girl boss evil ceo yeah <laughs> in like the bad cast, bitch but... like felicia's mom who's like not a villain like she might be sort of a real world villain depending on how you look at it but like like she's just she's just powerful and yeah. doesn't turn into a super villain yeah like yeah that's neat <laughs> yeah yeah um although it would have cool. been cool if she also turned into a super villain not gonna lie it would be cool it would be cool but alas she's just gets to be mad and blackmailed <laughs> blackmailed <laughs> by dr octopus <laughs> in her living room yeah but yeah he's trying to blackmail her um to replace you know the funding that he lost uh from his dealings with the hardies and going to jail and on and whatnot and everything um you know the history of the show at this point doesn't really matter yeah. the main thing is that like felicia shows up and interrupts them and it's like what is going why mom why are you talking to dr octopus what's happening here uh anastasia attempts to call the cops doc Ock grabs both of them but of course just as he does spider-man who was already coming to show up anyway arrives just like oh i guess i'm 
stumbled into <laughs> this. Okay, time to fight. My favorite part, though, <laughs> is Doc Ock being like, how did you know I was here? Like, he's <laughs> like, genuinely concerned, like, scared that, like, yeah. Spider-Man could have a one-up on him. Like, could be even remotely ahead yeah. of him. Yeah, I love right. that. By pure accident, Spider-Man scares the absolute shit out of Doc Ock. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> so good. <laughs> how did you How did you sense that I'd be here? Do you have some sort of spider sense? <laughs> That's right. He puts it that way, doesn't he? How did you sense I would be here? I, so oh, I don't. Does he? No, I no. I think he words. does. does he I feel like that was that? in your memory somewhere. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, maybe not, though. It sounded right. I mean, it sounds like something someone would say. Right? Yeah, for sure. You said it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so so Spider-Man fights off Doc Ock long enough for Felicia to activate a security alarm. So they they end up calling the cops anyway. And this prompts Doc Ock to flee, but not before he vows to squeeze the Hardy Foundation dry. Um, basically just says he's like not going to quit until he gets that money. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man begins to chase after him, but Felicia basically begs him to stay with them because she's freaked out. Um, he begins to help clean up because he he and Doc Ock like trashed their living room. Yeah. Um, and while he's cleaning stuff up, basically the first thing he picks up, let's be real, he doesn't actually clean anything up. Um, he picks up a photo of Felicia's father and is like, who's this? Um, it's also a signed photo. Yeah, I was just, I need, yeah, I need to stop here and have this conversation because I feel like this is a thing that I feel like I've seen in TV and yeah. movies. So like, okay, in I feel like the mo- the thing that we're probably both more familiar with in real life is if it's a photo of someone, if anyone like has a l- note or something on it, or if it says their name, it's on the back of the picture, right? Even if sure. it's framed, this looks like it's just like signed, like it's an autograph. Did anyone ever yeah. do that? Was that a thing that people would just like sign a photo of themselves to give to their family members to keep? Not like to would their they family members? That? I don't think. Like, like it looks, it genuinely looks like she bought a headshot of her father, father. from a convention. Like <laughs> that's what this looks there. like. It looks like an autograph on a headshot. Yeah, and obviously, like it's it also is... funny because it's like a portrait. Like I know, like yeah. I have, I have like class photo from my niece. Like I had graduation photos from my friends. But it's so funny for her to have like what would essentially be like yeah. his business photo. I mean, that's that is just a TV and cartoon thing. Like, this no, I know all the time. But it is but always that funny coupled when it pops with it up. being signed. Yeah, it just makes it look more and more like an autograph. And it's but and it's funny too because it's like I under, obviously they do it just to quickly give that information that yeah, this is Felicia's dad. Spider Man sees that this is her dad and what he looks like. So we can get the facts later. I get it. But it's like it would have. I, it wouldn't have been that hard for it to be like the picture fell out of the case and he just flips it over and it says that it's her father or something. I yeah. don't know. Like, it's just funny that it's like, nope, it's just a signed autograph of her father. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start printing off photos of myself, <laughs> but like like portraits of myself and signing yeah. them like autographs and giving them to my family members. It's so true. Just to see how they react. <laughs> like okay. fully framed and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I feel like I feel like maybe one of my cousins did that for like a white elephant. Didn't oh, I don't god. think he signed it. I think he just like had a framed picture of himself that he put into the white elephant one year. Mm-hmm. And then like for f- three years it just like kept getting brought back to the white elephant exchange. <laughs> that is that's kind of hilarious. It's like a Isn't gag it funny? Gift. Yeah. yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he picks up this signed autographed photo <laughs> uh, of Felicia's father. 
which like you said just serves to introduce the father gives a really quick like now spider-man knows who he is avoids a conversation of like who's this guy right um and that's just established uh anastasia and felicia then get into an argument over spider-man's involvement in the situation because felicia is thankful for spider-man being there and anastasia's like get the fuck out we didn't ask for you um and then handling the situation very well yourself lady but okay. yeah wasn't doing a great job um and then they start to argue about anastasia bargaining with doc ock which is kind of the natural progression it's like kind of exactly where you were going with it which is like i mean what would you have rather done you were being blackmailed by dr octopus you know yeah <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, but Felicia, ever the drama queen, is like, my whole life is crumbling around me and runs off into her bedroom, which I mean, like, fair, but also it's girl. it's funny, though. It's <laughs> it funny, funny, though, because it's like an understandable thing to be like, wow, everything's fucking shit at the moment. Uh, but the way that she storms off and the way she throws herself onto her bed yeah. is like so classically dramatic. Yeah, yeah I love it. it. And then, like, it takes a, there's like a, a line a couple a little bit later where like Spider Man shows up. She's like, "The only good thing in my life is you," and I'm like, says the beautiful blonde bombshell who's extremely <laughs> rich, as rich, hell. rich as hell, and every man is falling over themselves <laughs> to be with her. But the only good thing in her life is Spider Man. <laughs> Look, studies have shown that being rich doesn't make you happier. That, Here's that's Felicia Hardy. Fair. That's fair. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. In fact, it just makes you fucking insane, it seems like. And well, you know what, Felicia, you're halfway there, girl. <laughs> studies also show that you begin to lose your connection to like every reality. everyday reality. <laughs> so honestly yeah. Actually, it all fits. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> Spider-Man follows, uh, and he's like, uh, so I know you're going through it right now, but why do you think your mom was bargaining with Dr. <laughs> Octopus, of all people? Yeah, that was um, an interesting point. Could we get back to that? <laughs> yeah. Like, I know you're upset, and it's fine, but let's talk. Let's, 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 let's. want to talk about your mother? Let's talk about your mother and the supervillain. <laughs> Felicia throws out some details, uh, something called the Aus- Ausbach Fortune which, you know, will obviously come into play later. Uh, the police arrive and Spidey thwips right off um, to which Felicia says to herself, why do I always fall for mysterious men? Jason, Michael, Spider-Man. <laughs> so and funny. like Jason, Michael, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. also funny too, because I know why she's saying all this. I get it. It's, this is not, I'm not criticizing the writing. It's just funny that no, because like, Jason specifically, like he's mysterious. He was mysterious after she figured out he was the hobgoblin. But pre that, she didn't fall for a mysterious man. The whole joke with Jason was that he was like a bore and a super annoying rich guy. So like he wasn't mysterious at all. She did not. In that case, she actually did the right thing and didn't fall for a mysterious man. It just happened to be the worst person alive. But, you know, that wasn't your fault, really. (laughs) Notably does. I know she's talking about mysterious men, but notably does not mention brace that's yeah well i clear <laughs> another I boring fully transparent man i think it's very clear <laughs> that she has not actually fallen for brace um <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> she's not madly in love with brace huntington like all of us are oh, jesus christ <laughs> brace huntington i think it's also interesting too like it's a little bit cliche but i 
they're connecting all of her issues with men to like daddy issues basically which you know it's like it's like they, yeah. they're doing this like mysterious man and then she also has flashbacks to her dad who is a mysterious man like the connections are clear she's literally looking at a photo of her father when she's talking about the mysterious men she falls for i don't like love that but also like if there is there is some truth in fiction in that right like that is a thing that people do they often will the, their their parental issues will play into their the how they operate in their love life and yeah. it's like, so it's not it's not like a bad thing it is a thing where like it is definitely a cliche <laughs> and i don't know that like felicia needed this because she was already that an interesting part. character you know the thing is like okay here's my question cuz i don't love it i feel like i guess it's not it's not a terrible thing. I don't love I don't, it. I, I don't think it's it, yeah. a good. It's like, I don't, I'm, I don't know if I can articulate why I would say it's a bad thing, but my gut is like, it's a bad thing. Um, I think it's because it just sort of reduces a relatively yeah. complex fleshed out character to just only her relationships with men that everything, all of her main storylines so far have specifically been related to the men in her life rooted to her father, like, and, and nothing else, you know, and that, that's yes. kind of a bummer yeah. and feels a little bit unnecessary. And, and absolutely fantastic point. My question is if they told this exact same story, this exact every, like all the plot points of this episode were exactly the same and they just didn't make that explicit connection between the men in her life and daddy issues, would we then be saying they're clearly missing out on a thematic element here or would it just feel fine? I don't, I think that, I think we would, I think we would make that connection anyway if they have her father involved. So I think they're just spelling out what assumptions we would make anyway, you know? And I do think to the show's credit, I think that they really are just trying like, like I said, I think I think it might be my thesis for the season is that they seem to just be attempting to, like, try Connect to make as, as many as c- connections and continuity yeah. nods as possible. And so I think it does make sense where, like, Felicia has had uh, this wild history with men that she's dated. And if they want to fold in her comic book story with her father being yeah. the thief known as the cat and then she becomes the black cat, like, obviously her father is the connection. It makes sense to sort of weld all that stuff together and make that a core part of her character arc. Like, I think like in a literary sense it all makes a lot of sense like i think i think it weirdly would be a missed opportunity to not make those connections i think you would have had to completely change the path of felicia's story to make this that not be i guess like where we get to with this you know because even if you don't spell it out the conclusion is so easy to draw anyway so even if they were like well we're just not going to include those specific beats where we tell people there's a connection yeah. we would still be able to to connect the dots anyway. Right. Yeah, I get yeah, that makes perfect sense. I just still don't like it for her. Yeah, I mean it's just and I I think I think part of it is just it's a cliche and it's always a bummer when a woman but, a woman character is just only defined by all the men in her life essentially. But, but <laughs> honestly, in this case like the pieces really just sort of fell into place it that does. way. It does. Because I don't think that they planned. I don't think for they that. built her for this. No, I don't. Because I think there was obviously always going to be the idea to eventually make her black cat. But like, you know, I, I, as as much as I was saying, I think last week that like they knew they had a sixty-five episode order and they were planning the best they could. A lot of stuff was changing as they were writing yeah. it too. Like they didn't have everything fully planned out. So I think that the Felicia Black Cat stuff was like, we will deal with that when we get to it. Let's give her stuff to do in the meantime, and the mm-hmm. stuff to do just sort of all kind of leads to like, oh, she has a. Tra- 
track record for falling for mysterious well, mysterious men and her and, dad's a mysterious man. <laughs> and honestly, where we know it ends up going is like a way cooler place than it could with a character right. that's going through all of this in this particular way. So exactly yeah it's not like this is leading to her learn a lesson learning a lesson about who she should date it like goes to like <laughs> becoming a fucking badass so I like know, right? i've got to hear for that actually a sort of like <laughs> sexually liberated badass you know? right right <laughs> this is incredible <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so well anyway i that is that is fascinating um that is really interesting i almost want to do like a just felicia watch at some point uh, yeah. Just because I think it'd be interesting, but yeah, you know, and her not... stories have been so scattered across seasons. Yeah, exactly. So it'd be interesting to see them yeah. all form together and see how yeah. it plays. Yeah, but anyway, that's not for today necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> One day. Yeah, we'll keep keep this conversation going because we will get more Felicia, obviously, as this episode <laughs> ends the way that it does. Uh-huh. Uh, but in the meantime, that Osbach fortune. <laughs> Just such an awkward. Is that a reference to something? What like? Oh, I don't know. Such I don't an awkward name. Think to look into it. Yeah. Assback. Sure. The Assback ass fortune. Yes, I like that. Let's so just start using that. The Assback yeah. fortune. The next day, Peter learns that the Assback fortune is a famous <laughs> jewel collection stolen by a burglar named the Cat, who was revealed to be a man named John Hardesky, who looks identical to Felicia's father. So now, same headshot and everything. Same headshot and everything. <laughs> uh, that it's a signed photo of his uh, of his newspaper headshot. You know, <laughs> or I guess it more likely the headshot already existed and they use that in the newspaper. Yeah, but, but I like yeah. I like your read of it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but now, ultimately, now Peter knows that Doc Ock was blackmailing Anastasia in some way, shape, or form because he's able to put together the pieces that the cat is. Uh, Anastasia's husband, Felicia's father, he had this big robbery. The Asback fortune was referenced in this story and by Doc Ock, so quickly able to sort of put the pieces together. Last week, I talked about how in this episode and last week's episode, I really like the civilian work that Peter Parker is doing, the sort mm-hmm. of detective things in his little CSI lab. Um, <laughs> yeah. I This is a perfect example of it. And this happens more than once in this episode, and I like it each time. I think it's like they managed to pull off him drawing like really quick conclusions in a way that doesn't feel like cheap at all. Yeah. Well, and it's all stuff that like he wouldn't be able to, there's no way he would get this information as Spider-Man unless it was just like, he beats up a guy and asks him for information or something. Right. Like it's honestly more interesting for Peter to be at a computer and just monologuing to himself yeah. as he puts the pieces together He's like, just... because we're putting it together, putting the pieces together alongside him. Yeah. Who needs superpowers when you have a really good library database? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Plug that, man. <laughs> Libraries are cool. They sure are. Well, that evening, Doc Ock is confronted in a dockside warehouse, baby. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> two for two on warehouses. <laughs> By a tank that manages to knock him out and apprehend him. And when he awakens... <laughs> so funny just a whole ass tank tank. i love too that like the tank just like crashes through the warehouse door like this is (laughs) a huge tank too with like a full-on like like cow catcher plow thing (laughs) on the front of it like it's it's so wild um and i knew there was going to be shield involved so at first i thought it was like a shield tank no 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 it's kingpin's tank (laughs) when doc ock wakes up he finds himself in front of kingpin uh, who informs Ock that Ock's blackmail scheme against Anastasia is interfering with one of Kingpin's long-term projects, as he describes it. So the yeah. plot thickens. 
And then Kingpin, in order to get Otto to like work with him or at least stop doing what he's trying to do, just drops Otto through a trap door. Uh, they're in a plane. So he's just like <laughs> dropping Otto down onto New York City. And if if Otto Octavius didn't have metal arms, he would have just plummeted to death, you know? But luckily he saves himself long enough to be like, fine, fine, I'll do it. Which I would argue, I would argue is like, a sellout of of Doctor Octopus. It, it is a little. It is a little bit. I, they just they need they need him to be working with Kingpin, and I do th- to and to be fair, it wouldn't really be in character for Oct to be working with Kingpin unless he was like very convinced one yeah. way or another. So I think well, it's just a quick show, way to just get him involved with Kingpin. Totally, and this show in particular really needs viewers to believe that Kingpin is extremely powerful, like the yeah. most powerful. So yeah. like, take somebody like Doc Ock and have him be convinced through yeah. threats to work for Kingpin and it works. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. It is just so funny though, because like when I was watching it, I don't like so much stuff just happens so rapidly. That's just like, okay, yeah, sure. Of course. But then when you like spell out everything that's happening and how ridiculous <laughs> everything, all of this is yeah. in this one, like probably 30 second sequence um, or whatever. I say, this all happens in seconds. Like yeah. absolutely <laughs> less than a minute. This show is bananas. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Attacked by a tank, knocked out, wakes up on Kingpin's plane, gets dropped through a trap door, uh, and is told, cut it out with the blackmailing. <laughs> That's I a do, lot. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I, I do love like whenever this show has villains kind of pitted against each other. I think they do really oh, well with it and make it really fun. For sure. And you mentioned last week that this show has really figured out how to do a lot in a little bit of time. That's a perfect example. Yeah. They established so much. Kingpin was not in this episode until this moment. They had already established like a relatively complicated situation for a Saturday morning cartoon. And then they added another layer to it. And this yeah. is not even the last layer they add. No, no, for real. I mean, it gets pretty, this is a pretty big, big scale story yeah. actually by the end of it, yeah. which is pretty yeah. wild. So Kingpin and Doc Ock return to Kingpin's lab where they meet with Landon, who says they've arrived just in time because he's about to call Chameleon on FaceTime. Hey, um, hey girl, you're around for a FaceTime? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that uh, next uh, iOS update, FaceTime's going to have like FaceTime voicemail if you ignore a FaceTime call? Like people what? can like, leave, a face, leave a FaceTime voicemail for you if you don't I'm- answer honestly so glad to be a millennial (laughs) i never use facetime i feel like and i know there are exceptions i feel like it is just not in most millennials dna to like cold facetime another human being yeah no why hate it <laughs> so there are certain people in my life that i will allow face. them to do that <laughs> sure um but but it's like you have to be a special person in my life for me to let you <laughs> see me at any given time of the day yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> so wild. i have to otherwise i've got to prepare if my face is going to be on a i screen. don't think there is anybody <laughs> who would ever just cold video call me yeah in my whole life yeah my 10-year-old niece doesn't even do that. <laughs> Love it. Good. Trained so her wild. Trained her wild. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Takak's like, hold up a minute. Isn't Chameleon like in jail or whatever? Kingpin shares that 
King. So Chameleon, I think, had been captured in the Daredevil two-parter. A lot of stuff is coming from this Daredevil two-parter. It's, it's an important episode. Integral those episodes were. Um, so he's kind of like, actually, King uh, Chameleon was basically caught on purpose. Uh, so we wanted him to be in prison because yeah, I allowed them to apprehend him. Because before that happened, he had actually been infused with a techno organic virus, which makes Chameleon part machine. What? Which not only allows them to track him, <laughs> they can also see through his eyes. So he's got like camera eyes. He's like part. He's like a cyborg now. Um, he can be tracked anywhere. But also it means huh, he can ditch that stupid fucking belt because he can transform any goddamn time he wants thanks to these fucking nanobots or whatever the oh, fuck. Interesting. So what you're saying, what you're admitting to is that you don't need Chameleon to wear that belt for people to know what's going on. <laughs> You can have two characters on screen that look the same and let it happen. <laughs> huh. 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 <laughs> Until we got a bone to pick with certain people. <laughs> I think they deleted it. I couldn't find it today. I looked. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> but maybe I wasn't maybe. searching correctly. <laughs> they have also just deleted their Twitter or blocked us. Who knows? You know what? Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> on any for whatever reason any of those possibilities good for them find your peace yeah yeah <laughs> we don't it's pick funny. many bones <laughs> it's not a real feud to be no, clear it's no. not a real it's not a real feud with a writer on this show it's just a very very funny um we go hard on the belt so it's only fair that we take some back on the belt <laughs> yes sure sure but it is very very funny because there, you know, there may be people who listening who don't know the don't know all the context for this, maybe or don't remember. But we have complained incessantly about that's how gaudy that super fucking belt is. Because it's sort of like we recognize in universe that that maybe they thought that they needed the belt um, to signal who the chameleon was, so that maybe people in or. or Sorry, in universe, maybe people can't actually see the right. belt, belt that obviously. But it's solely it's for just us. for the audience, for the audience to keep track of who the chameleon and is. And we talked about that. Like, we yeah. even said, like, we hate this belt. It's so annoying. If it's in the universe, this is stupid. But we could understand if it's one of those things that, like, isn't supposed to be so literal. Yeah. And the the problem became when they would start trying to make the chameleon a reveal and be like, wait, that's Spider-Man? No, it's actually the chameleon. And like it could be a cool twist or something or could cause, you know, like a fun level of confusion for the audience as you're trying to figure out what's going on, specifically in that Daredevil two-parter, except right. you have the stupid fucking belt for the audience. Which so we can always cut everything. Is. So, so we the audience know doesn't the get to have is. fun. Yeah. Um, and the argument against us from one of the writers who responded to a clip from that episode <laughs> was, well, it's a show for kids. So that's a, just remember, it's a show for kids. That's why we did it, which is like fair, I guess, except apparently you don't actually need the fucking belt because he abandons it. And that's for the remainder the of the chameleon's appearances for the rest of the show, it never has the fucking belt. So that's maybe he didn't actually need it in the, the first place. Right. Because it's one thing. It's one thing. It's like, okay. I can get past you replying to us because, like, I don't expect you to listen to our show where we specifically talked about what you're talking about. Yeah. But uh, when they ditch the belt themselves, I'm with you. Like, you clearly all came to the conclusion we came to. We're just talking about it. Well, gosh, tw uh, tw 30 years later. <laughs> oh, Lord. So you knew. Yeah. <laughs> you knew, right, writer. You knew. You knew. <laughs> you knew. And like it makes it yeah. And and it does add a level of like I like I like this upgrade for Chameleon 
in it's the context of the show so is wild. It suddenly makes him so much more formidable. And like, it, it means that the heroes don't have anything to fall back on either. Yeah. It's like, Oh, there literally is nothing stopping this guy from turning into anyone at any given time. Like but it implies, we, and, or identifying him or anything. It kind of implies that people could have figured it out if they were paying attention. I That's guess, true. I guess if I'm going to argue against myself though, the belt is less like conspicuous so much as if something happened to the belt prior to yeah. this, he wouldn't be able to transform. So I guess or like he goes to prison and, and they take away his belt. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which means that they never suspect that he could transform. But they never suspect yeah. that he can transform, um, which is how he's able to trick trick shield in this episode because they're under, they, they, they're, they're under the understanding that like that transformation could not happen without yeah. the belt. So, which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And you can pull it off because we can handle it, mm-hmm. <laughs> even when we're ten. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> that's so funny. That's so much. That's so much talking about something that's like you said, not even a real, <laughs> a real feud. It does. We no, have it's, no it's feuds. I just think it's just funny. It's just funny how it's all played out. It is yeah. funny how all I know played, over something when so minor happened, and dumb. <laughs> It's like you gotta be kidding me! You gotta I know. be shitting like the one me. time a fucking writer from the show pays attention to one of our posts. It's it's that it's to criticize us for talking about fucking chameleon's belt. Like, come on, dude. we're not uh, saying anything different. We're not saying anything different. <laughs> so funny. Whatever. What do you? Okay, you you kind of uh, talked about this, like, but yeah, I'm yeah. wondering if uh, if you have any more thoughts on this this upgrade. I mean, they they really. It's it's also it's wild so- that they just like. The way that they put it infused him with a techno organic virus. I'm it's not like he saying, has implants or that they yeah. like replaced parts of his body. It's like, I mean, I guess this is just like nanotech. <laughs> the, the, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's that's my. I think that they're trying without having the language or understanding of what that is. Like that's because because nanotech was, I think, in the like that was that concept had existed in 1997 um but so it wasn't I, a default answer for everything right so it wasn't it came right. up with your own cool explanation right right but the idea of like some sort of tiny machines doing machine things was like in the world of science fiction so that's how they think they come yeah. up with techno organic virus which is basically yeah just their version of nanobots or whatever um and I think it's 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 just it's interesting. It's interesting how casually it's all thrown out. Like, by the way, we just did this to Chameleon, and now he's a robot. Um, but like, it, it, I think it's a fun it's a fun upgrade for him because I think it immediately just creates such an unpredictable wrinkle in how the story is going to go because mm-hmm. nobody outside of the villains knows that this is what Chameleon's capable of. So no one's going to really know how to deal with the situation because they don't even realize like what what. They're not even going to know that the villains are watching everything or can track him or anything at this point. So. Yeah. And I feel like this stuck with me um, as a kid, even if I don't necessarily remember the specifics of it. I do feel like this version of Chameleon stuck with me because mm-hmm. I I feel like I believed for a while this was just like an inherent power of Chameleons. Mm-hmm, and then like going back to read old comics with Chameleon it's definitely not the case. He's just like a good at disguise guy until right, yeah. things happen later. Um, and then in the show, he's also kind of just a good at disguise guy because he has tech. So like clearly this made an impact, this upgrade, but I just didn't, I guess I didn't have a memory of it being an upgrade. Yeah. But he's, I mean, he's always been such an enigma on the show anyway. Yeah. So like, 
I mean, it's it's almost like kind of a surprise that he wasn't always a cyborg because yeah. he's kind of a freak anyway. So, <laughs> like, I don't know if they just been like, by the way, Chameleon's been yeah. a cyborg all along. I'd be like, actually, that explains things. For do you him. think? <laughs> do you think Chameleon is like the least likely person in this whole show to have a hobby? Probably. Like, what? Else? Like, what would he even would he do? do? What? Like, I can't imagine Chameleon watching TV or, like, listening to music. Or if he does, it's like he's watching TV and then, like, turning into the people from TV for fun. Like, you oh, know what I mean? Oh, that's fun. I think that's kind of – I think that's kind of I, – I think he would do that because I feel like he has shown to have some kind of But he's not having fun doing sometimes. it. Do you think he's having fun doing it? Yeah, or is I think it just so because like he, he has been shown to have fun when he's, like, taunting people. Like, remember when he turned into, like, the old winch, witch Aunt May just to fuck with Peter? Like, mm. he will do yeah, stuff like true. that. that's true. That's a good point. He does show think, some personality. Yeah, yeah. He, I think so he, he has, has hobbies, but they're, like, weird. Yeah. And everyone's like, what are you doing? And he's like enjoying himself, but no one else enjoys it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a fucking weirdo (laughs) for sure. Okay. Fair. I will have to think about this though. Is there anybody, uh, who then, you know, would, would be in contention for hobby lists? I I feel like he was the best contender. Oh, well, Brace Huntington obviously has no hobbies. I feel like Brace Huntington's Mm. hobby is probably womanizing. Yeah, or being a supervillain secretly. Or being a supervillain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he bets on horses. God, you know? why does that feel so accurate? Yeah, I guess I don't so. know because it's right. That's on horses. Probably bets on like something, some kind of illegal gambling thing. Too. Oh God! Oh God! He probably goes to like black market auctions. Yeah, yeah. So he has bad hobbies, but hobbies. Why are we talking so much about Brace Huntington on this episode? Because <laughs> he's really important. He does have a name. His name is Brace Huntington. <laughs> That's what I was talking about last week. Forget. Like people who don't need names get names. Yeah. <laughs> He could have literally been anybody. She didn't yeah. have to say any name. <laughs> right. Anyway, Chameleon <laughs> has oh hobbies. Yeah. And he's a cyborg. And he's a cyborg now, which is sick. Yeah. So, yeah. So using these new cyborg powers, since Kingpin can see through Chameleon's eyes, he learns that Chameleon's blockmate is the cat. And Doc Ock learns that Kingpin is after the ass back fortune. The very same that Ock is threatening to use his blackmail against Anastasia. Well, it's all connected. It's all connected. Ock's like, hey, where's Chameleon being kept? And Kingpin replies, have you ever heard of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> I love that. The way he phrases that. I don't like, know why it's so funny to me. Have yeah. you ever heard of S.H.I.E.L.D.? What if Ock was like, no? What's, no, what's that? It's S.H.I.E.L.D. And then, <laughs> and then the has to like explain to him what this like yeah. military industrial complex is. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, theoretically they would, would, you know, intersect at some point, but it doesn't really feel correct for them to, you know? No. Yeah. But shield is officially in the picture. So yes, it is. speaking of shield, uh, Peter continues to research the cat and the connections continue because he notices that every picture he finds of Felicia's father in the press also contains a man that Peter recognizes, Nick Fury. I also love that he just looks exactly like Nick Fury, this incredible spy, this secret agent, just doesn't wear his eye patch, and that's enough. Although, to, in all fairness, Peter does have to print out the picture and manually and draw, draw an the eye patch on him, on him <laughs> to be able to realize, oh, that's Nick Fury. Which is incredible. I love yeah. that detail. 
<laughs> I think this might be Nick, but I'm not going to be sure until I draw an eye patch on him. Incredible detail. Beautiful peak peak storytelling. Yes. <laughs> so good. So good. So, speaking of detail, did you notice that like his hair is different between now and the flashback? Because in that picture and in this episode, he has like the classic Nick Fury, like gray hair, like mm-hmm. gray and brown stripes. And, and apparently I didn't even remember this, but apparently in, in, Day, in Day of the Chameleon when he first appeared, he just had full ass brown hair. Apparently. Yeah. I did not remember that at all. So I'm glad yeah. that they corrected it. Or yeah. changed it, whatever. Yeah. It's just funny because then they have the flashback and then you see like, mm, his hair was different. I guess he was dying his hair back then, apparently. Or he's just been through it. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. <laughs> what is this man scene? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, it's S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess. <laughs> yeah. But you mentioned the flashback. We do get that. And it's basically just like, a, hey, remember this guy? Also, here's an important detail. Nick Fury gave J. Jonah Jameson a S.H.I.E.L.D. communication badge if he ever needed to call for help. So God, what a fucking cool little piece of continuity that like that, I know that's so how slick. Many, how many of the first the final episode of the first season were in season four? Uh huh. And and Jameson's relationship with Shield Shield barely has been mentioned at all, really. Yeah. In this whole show since that one episode, and now they're not only bringing back Shield, but also like the little fucking badge from that episode mm-hmm. that has played no role in anything that we all forgot Honestly, existed. You know, like, John Semper, you're a funny guy sometimes, but really, you deserve a lot of credit. (laughs) Yeah. You deserve a lot of credit. You didn't, like, invent continuity, (laughs) but But, this particular kind of thing where you, like, take a detail from, like, early on and kind of transform it into something that matters later, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like, no other Spider-Man show we watched before this did something like that, you know? Yeah, and honestly, other than Spectacular Spider-Man, a lot of the ones after it have, haven't really been this good with that either, Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Good job, man. So Peter's like, okay, well, I remember that, so if I can get that comm badge, then I could contact Fury. So he sneaks into Jameson's office, takes it right off the wall where Jameson had it framed. That is so funny. And it's so so, it's such a great character thing. Like it's so in character for Jameson to do that. I know Peter even remarks like, oh man, where am I gonna find it? It's not like he's just gonna hang it on the wall somewhere. (laughs) Literally hanging on the wall. Literally hanging on the wall. Incredibly Incredible. funny. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid and so perfect. I love mm-hmm. it. So he takes this comm badge and he climbs to the top of the Empire State Building and he activates the badge and then he's promptly approached and apprehended via goo ball. Jesus Christ. By shield what? agents. Come on. Well, because the restraints that Agent 13 had didn't work. I guess so. So you got to use the goo. Get the goo. The Get the goo. goo. Why aren't the MCU shield people using the shield goo? They should. I want to see that in live action. Well, the rating would have to go up. (laughs) (laughs) It makes some gross noises later in this episode, too. (laughs) It's such a weird weapon. (laughs) I love it, though. It's so funny. Oh, I do, too. It's hilarious. It's, to me, like a funnier version of the web ball from 2017. (laughs) Yes, a much funnier version, yeah. Because <laughs> his, his arms are like, the way he's like stuck in the goo ball is so, it looks so. like it would be so uncomfortable. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. look comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's so silly. Oh, so goofy. Well, he's taken 
still in his goo ball, uh, <laughs> which I think is, is I feel like that's like comedy beyond what the show usually explores. You know, that yeah. feels like an ultimate or 2017 thing. Yeah. Where he's just like taken to the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. while still stuck in this hardened goo ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and then eventually I think they take him at some point he gets yeah. out. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if they make it clear when they do, but I love that he, he is taken there in his goo ball, but eventually he asks Nick Fury like, Hey, um, I wanted to talk to you because I need, uh, some information on the cat. And Fury is like, excuse me, that's not at all how this works. Okay. You don't no, just I need to I, ask I, us for stuff. I need his line is so fucking over the top because <laughs> Spider-Man asks for the, asks for information on the cat. And Nick Fury says the cat this isn't like ordering a pizza. Shield doesn't deliver classified information within 15 minutes or the first state secret is free. I'm like, dude, did you like just have that waiting in your holster to deploy? Like you just knew that someone one day would ask you for information and you just had that waiting in your brain just to say that. Cause it's like the level of detail in that, like you had to be so proud of coming up with that overly long quip like it just kept going also <laughs> speaking of being millennials that's a thing that would have to be explained at some point if Ooh. not right now right that's because it's not true. a thing that pizza places do anymore i don't think the first 30 minutes are free yeah Maybe although if you've seen way. the spider-man movies yeah if you're a spider-man comes... fan and you've seen those right but yeah, I guess that a lot of pizza places don't really do that because I think probably because the their delivery radius is like ex- expanded so much that they don't want to rely on that. And also that's a lot that, of pizzas to give away for free. That and I saw a tweet the other day that was like, how wild is it that pizza delivery existed before GPS? You would literally just tell somebody where you live and be like, I want that in 30 minutes. So find me. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Isn't that? <laughs> I was like, damn, that's that really is true. Yeah, and then be like, oh, and you got a fucking speed to find there, or else you don't get <laughs> yeah. paid. Right, right. So, oh, wild. that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, but yeah. So Nick Fury is like absolutely not um, pizza metaphor, uh, and then <laughs> orders Spidey to be escorted off of the Shield base. Uh, and Spider-Man's like, I'm not leaving. And so Agent X is like, well, I'm going to goo you again. And he dodges <laughs> the goo. Why say it like that? <laughs> is that not how she says it I'm in the episode? I'm going to goo you again. <laughs> <laughs> how are you going to do this iconic character like that, Derek? <laughs> the iconic Agent X. Yeah. He dodges, he dodges it, grabs the goo gun, and he goos her. So now she's gooed. Now Agent she's X gooed. is gooed. And she's like, I've been gooed. Spidey done gooed me. Oh, no, he gooed oh, me. No. Oh, no, he gooed me. <laughs> Not me, Agent X. I've been gooed. <laughs> That's so unfair, because I don't even remember what she sounds like. <laughs> she didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, but did she do anything good or right either like i don't know no i had to okay i had to look up her name i couldn't even remember what she was called i mean i was like i know this character and i don't know who she is was she before (laughs) sharon carter was invented is that why she's not just sharon carter like yeah i'm not sure that's a great question though because i mean she basically is like i don't i don't think she's a comic character no she's just in this show yeah i mean because she is she's just doing everything sharon carter would do 
Um, I don't know. I mean, not th- they don't give her anything to do other than get good. So you know, yeah, <laughs> get good. <laughs> uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, so I mean, she's been good. So he's able. Spidey's is able to download the information he was <laughs> seeking while she's Jeez. been good. The only one there who could have stopped him. Yeah, that's <laughs> so weird that like no one else is on. <laughs> Uh, okay, no, I'm sorry. I just looked up, sorry. I just looked up Sharon Carter. First of all, she did exist. She was invented in December 1965 what by Stan hell? Lee and Jack Kirby. She's so almost like, as old as Spider-Man is. <laughs> why is this just, also, her place of birth, Richmond, Virginia. Whoa. Pretty cool. Damn. But yeah, why is this not just Sharon Carter? I don't uh, understand. No idea. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Um, Sharon Carter wouldn't have been gooed, probably. No, never. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Sharon Carter does the gooing. <laughs> She's a top. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, uh, I'd buy it. <laughs> anyway. Okay, yes. So he's got the info. <laughs> Uh, but while he's doing that, the shield base gets attacked by Kingpin's forces. So I guess the reason that they can't, that there's no one else, but agent X is because Kingpin's forces are already attacking maybe. And they're busy with that. That's I don't know fair. if the timeline totally works out, but we can just say that that's what's happening. I'll buy it. So taking advantage of the chaos, chameleon disguises himself as fury in the prison is like, I've been in prison. You got to let me out. And the agents are sort of like, well, we took away the chameleon's belt. So this can't be chameleon. So it's gotta be fury. So they let him out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a dumb shield agent, but I'm 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 here for it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic classic swaparoo. So Sure. Yeah. Um Chameleon still disguised Well, I mean, I was about to say still disguised as Fury, but he like flashes he like at some point changes back to the chameleon, so he shows up in front of Hardesky's cell and then changes back into Fury for some reason. I don't know. I think that's their. I think that's their belt because there's a couple times where he like mm. switches back to the chameleon before being exactly who he was. Whatever. Um, <laughs> as as Fury, he then frees Hardesky, who attempts to escape Chameleon, who he thinks is Fury. And ends up face to face with Spider Man outside on this like floating base, sort of the proto helicarrier, I guess. Yeah, um, sure. I didn't realize. I, so I know so little about Shield because it's usually not my jam, or I just mm-hmm. haven't consumed anything that is my jam of of their stuff. I didn't realize that the helicarrier was like an adaptation of like a Shield flying base. Yeah, well, I didn't like know that the, was like um, already a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like I know the Ultimate Comics had like the Triskelion. Or Triskelion, oh however you say oh, that. I don't really know. I think I, maybe I'm that wrong. sounds familiar. Triskelion. Triskelion, maybe? I yeah. don't actually know how you pronounce it now that I say that out loud. I don't know that I've ever <laughs> said it out loud before. I think in my head I always say Triskelion, but like tris- Triskelion makes more sense. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But yeah, I know they have that, and I feel like that was more helicarrier adjacent, and then the MCU movies like, okay. took another step and made it a helicarrier. Gotcha. I think. I, I could be wrong. I yeah, also don't give a shit about me. S.H.I.E.L.D. most of the time, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. They end up meeting face-to-face on whatever this is. Maybe it is the Triskelion. I don't know. I think they just call it the base or a fortress or something. Yeah, I think that was an Ultimate Comics adaptations or uh, invention, so it would have just gotcha. been. It do- literally doesn't matter. It's the shield base. Yeah, it's the shield base. <laughs> Look, we don't know. We've said before we don't Who know. Cares? You know, Nobody it's shield. Cares. It's not. Whatever. We're not a shield podcast, okay? We're not a Wikipedia either. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up yourself. Yeah. <laughs> 
So they meet face to face, right? And Spider-Man has a moment where he's like, oh my God, that's him. That's Hardesky. He's still alive, right? Yeah, I recognize that handlebar, styled handlebar mustache. Yeah, yeah, pristinely, exactly. Pristinely styled in this S.H.I.E.L.D. prison, which... I'm here I for know. it. I love I love his handlebar mustache. It rules. Yeah, I'm glad they let him shave and keep himself maintained, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks um, he looks great. Honestly, yeah, he looks yeah. fantastic. Sure, yeah. But before Spider-Man can do anything about that other than say, "Oh my god, it's him." Uh Chameleon <laughs> blasts Spider-Man off the base like twice. Like blasts him off, Spider-Man saves himself, blasts him off again. And then Chameleon redisguises himself as Hardesky and allows himself to be captured once again by Shield as Kingpin flies off with the real Hardesky. Uh, and then gives Doc Ock the go-ahead to enact the next stage of their plan. So that was like kind of a lot, but basically Chameleon breaks Hardesky out, poses himself as Hardesky in Hardesky's cell. Real Hardesky is now in the clutches of Kingpin. Glad you It's good. write the notes for this, because I feel like if I was writing, I would just been like, there was a switcheroo, and now <laughs> Hardesky's in the wrong place. Honestly, that might be better. <laughs> <laughs> Like it gets you where it needs to get you there. It gets you where it needs to get you. That's what's important. I just think it was. I think it was handled nicely. It is. It, it is. I mean, it it is. When you're watching it, it's not confusing. It is as no. fast paced as it all is. It is very clear who is in what position, yeah. who gets swapped, and who is where at the end of it. Um, yeah. and, and why no one, it, no one at Shield is 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 any the wiser uh, that it happened. So yeah, I think it, it is very effectively done. This is I'm I like the way this episode is written. Oh lot. yeah, it's a good one. It is. This is a the first two episodes of the season so far. I think are really strong so yeah. far. And this one especially, like they're both fast, but this one is fast and doesn't necessarily feel like it as much. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel like it, it was going by no, as fast well, as the I, first I th- one felt. I think because I think that there are substantial portions of this episode are just people sort of cycling through information or giving mm-hmm. exposition. So there's a little more time for for character for you as an audience member to just sort of like sit there and take it in yeah, rather than stuff point. happening back to back. It is yeah. a lot of like talking at you, but mm-hmm. done I think in pretty elegant ways and ways that are very compelling. Like the whole back section of the rest of this episode is basically just Peter just talking to himself and narrating a backstory, mm-hmm. but it's done in a way that's like compelling and interesting. Yeah, I agree. That's a great way to put it. Well, back at his place, Peter does more civilian work, more research on the library database. (laughs) I don't know why that's my thing today, but um, he continues researching Hardesky, basically. So he's like, okay, I saw him. I know he's alive. Let's like get more story here. Uh, This is also how we as an audience actually get Hardesky's backstory. So we learn that the cat story starts when he was 13. Hardesky was a trained acrobat. And he was duped into sneaking into a top secret American facility. He thought he was stealing secrets from Nazis. But in fact, the facility he went into was where Captain America was being created. Ooh. Which in this show involves a vat of green liquid. I was (laughs) so excited for you to see that when that happened. It's like of it's, all it's like it's like the capper the the vat of green liquid to cap all green liquids is that fucking Captain America is made in bubbling a bubbling vat they of green can't liquid. Resist. <laughs> this isn't even a villain. It's not even like a like a oh what horrible thing's going to happen when he falls into the acid. This is Captain America and it's still a vat of green acid. <laughs> they can't a stop. bubbling smoking giant grat vat of green acid. 
Why Always. isn't it blue? Why isn't it yellow? Why isn't it clear? Like why? Why is it? Because no, I can tell you why. Because acid. if it was blue, if it was blue, it would just look like water. If it was yellow, it looked like piss. <laughs> if it was clear, how would they animate that? If Purple. it was red, it would look like lava or blood. Purple, pink. You got me there. Purple or pink? You got me there. Could have been one of it's those. It's always green. lime green. The same colored yeah, it's true. acid. It's the same shade of green Across every time. Across universes. <laughs> I, was, I was stunned. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. <laughs> also, it's like literally just like a baptismal font that he walks into. It's, like it's, yeah. it's not like an injection. It's not like no. a, anything. He just like walks into this green acid and you know becomes captain america it's not it's not the most triumphant creation of captain america no. i've ever seen i'll give it no. that no. yeah it just kind of happens no sarcophagus involved here no sarcophagus uh, yeah. but but this is this is what uh this is what felicia's father witnessed as a child which is fucking wild and then we learn that he also has a photographic memory, which is probably why he was sent there in the first place, mm-hmm. um, and memorizes the formula for the super soldier serum, which was just like on a chalkboard next to the next to the vat. A little sloppy. They were figuring it out in real time, I guess. I guess so. Like, Steve, uh, hold on. Let me just change this one to a two. Okay, Steve's, we're good. This is actually Steve number 13. Don't look over there. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got it. <laughs> Just like one little tweak here, one there. <laughs> Carry the zero. <laughs> but he memorizes his formula and then he heads off to uh, the people who hired him. And he realizes, and I actually like the way that they tell this, he yeah. realizes something's off because he believes that he was spying on the Axis powers. He go. This is not slick, but he's a 13-year-old. He goes yeah. back to the people who hired him and he's like, I'm just a little confused because why would the Axis powers name their soldier Captain America? That doesn't make sense to me. So then the people who hired him are like, well, this isn't right. And he realizes, shoot, you're the Nazis. I'm not spying on the Nazis. And then for some reason admits that, because again, he's 13, admits that he does know the formula, but he'll never give it to them. And so this turns into, okay, now Red Skull appears and the Nazis now are going to spend all their time trying to find this child, uh, hunt after this child, and presumably torture this this formula out of him. So pretty fucked up. I mean, 13 years old, you have not lived that much life. And now you're an enemy of the Nazis. <laughs> yeah, pretty super powered Nazis. Badass kid, really. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I do love that. Like as a 13 year old, he was like, fuck the Nazis. Hell yeah, I'll spy on the Nazis. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, kid. <laughs> That's pretty rad. Fuck fascists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, so cool. You got red skull after you now, but all, all of that is like clues kind of clues Peter into what is going on here. Right. It's like, okay, this makes sense for why Hardesky was a prisoner of shield. If he had the fucking red skull after him, if he had the super soldier serum that created captain America, like the famous, famous Marvel hero uh, Mm -hmm. in their history, it makes sense why this guy would be in custody to prevent this formula from ever getting into the wrong hands. And this also explains why the Hardys like changed their name to avoid that association. 
So the pieces are kind of into place for Peter, but it's also sort of like Felicia probably doesn't know any of this. Like, why would she, why would she have ever been, uh, you know, been in on this? But also, how do I tell her? <laughs> like, yeah. hey, by the way, um, so your dad was like an enemy of the Nazis and the mm-hmm. fucking Red Skull and like kind of tangentially involved in the creation of Captain yeah. America. And he's alive, but like he's been captured by S.H.I.E.L.D., but also maybe by bad guys, too. I don't know. Like, <laughs> how do you yeah. relay any of that information? <laughs> I don't know. And he doesn't either. Honestly, he's just I, sort of I, like, I, I like guess that. I'll figure it out when I get there. I, I kind of appreciate that he's literally sitting at the window seal, just like tapping his fingers. Like, how how am I going yeah. to convey this to Felicia? Already yeah. knowing that she's in probably a pretty fragile state, literally said her life is crumbling around her as she ran and cried on her bed. I'm not sure how she's going to take this. Actually. Honestly, it's one of the things that's so good about this episode is like so many things are so smooth, but things that shouldn't be aren't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the explanation for things, the backstory, like all that stuff was so smooth, but this like, there's no smooth way about it. Just like at the beginning of the episode where he's like, I don't know how to have this conversation with Felicia, but I guess I'll figure it out when I get there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like an echo of that same thing that the episode started off with, which I love. Yeah. For I sure. do have some questions about things okay. we're probably not supposed to think about too hard. Ask them. I want to know. So Hardesky was 13 when this happened, and I think they said that was 1943. And then at some point, Anastasia chose to change her last name, and also Felicia was born into that family with the Hardy last name, but has never met her father. No, she's met her father. She had flashbacks. She, oh, of, she just thought he was dead. Oh, that's right. That's she right. She was dead. a kid. Okay, that's right. She just thinks he's dead. Yeah. Okay, so now here, oh, that transforms my question, but I still have questions. Okay. So Hardy is being held captive, honestly. He's in a cell at S.H.I.E.L.D. So maybe the answer to my own question, which is like, how does this timeline all work out? And why is he like being held as a prisoner as opposed to just being protected by S.H.I.E.L.D.? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, maybe this is my headcanon at this point, like... Was he offered protection and was like not playing the way Shield wanted to, which is kind of like I don't even know what my question is. What's well, the timeline here, Derek? He, here's the well, okay. He like the thing is, no matter what, he was for real a thief. Like it sounds like he was actually a thief. Like that wasn't like any kind of cover up or anything. Because he says as much. He admits That's right. To being it a all thief started with that, and then yeah. he became a cat blurgler. Blurgler. Burger. Yeah. Um, blurgler. He became a cat bur- blurgler. Blurgler. Um, but basically, I think I think the way the timeline works out is that you know he knows this. He was on the run for the Nazis for a while. World, the World War Two ends. He's like, okay, I'm good. I'm just going to be back. I'm just going to live my life as a cat burglar. He's a cat burglar. He acquires the the heart, the heart, fortune that probably would become the hardy fortune mm. with his wife, with Anastasia. Mm. But then once he's finally captured and put in prison, that's when Anastasia is like, um, I'm going to reinvent myself as Anastasia Hardy. Um, w- uh, Anastasia Hardy at that point. Um, and that's when she probably sets right? up that. Well, no, she has, no, because no, no, no. But, but no, but Felicia knows her dad as Hardy, though. So, no, I think that right. they the Hardy that, name change had to have happened first. They would have already had to, like, smooth everything over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so and that's I wonder how they're the Hardys. And then. He, but he there gets, was there was a mm. news story about Hardesky having stolen the fortune. So I wonder if he is caught after they have already thought everything is smoothed over. Yeah, and that I is where so. they craft the lie that he's died for Felicia. Yeah, and and, and then and when, that's when he's Shield, in custody, Shield takes him from Shield custody. with with their information. Also, at this point, knows or discovers that he is like one of the sole, if not the sole, holder of that formula. 
Yeah. And is a danger to himself and to the whole world if that gets in the wrong hands. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. And I think where a lot of the confusion comes from is honestly, not to harp on it again, but I think using that portrait of of Hardy in the newspaper where he's identified as Hardesky, I think makes it kind of unclear as to like what in the who in the public knows what because he obviously like didn't change his appearance but like was a public figure so he's like known publicly as john hardesky but also known as john hardy as like a rich socialite which like doesn't really yeah. make sense that people wouldn't make that connection that i think that's just sort of like that how it's displayed visually on screen I right think, that's the kind of thing it. that fits in with the sort of like well we have the belt for this reason right like yeah i do think packing in a whole like appearance change <laughs> is maybe like a much. little too much i'm happy so i actually didn't do get that. it that and they let him sense. that allows him to keep his handlebar mustache right. which is fun. if it was a, totally if it was a longer story or if this were the plot of a movie or something you could get into all that but yeah. this is 19 minutes yeah so i think <laughs> and we need to understand they're the same guy so barring that weird like how do people not make that connection before peter parker just did barring yeah. that part of it oh which Felicia is for the audience, is a very rich lady yeah it, it that's makes how sense. people don't know yeah, yeah. So I, I think argue. it. I think it makes sense. I and think she's it makes sense. she's uh, colleagues with J. Jonah Jameson. So like mm. she's she is connected to all the most powerful people in the city. So even if this were a story, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard for her to bury it. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I okay. I that that makes sense. That makes sense. I think if everything were smoothed over and then he were caught. Everything makes sense to me. Yeah. And it would have happened early enough in Felicia's life that she yeah. would not remember any of that happening. Right, right. Like, she remembers She was, was like, dad. young, young. Yeah. Like, so she, if she sees his dad showing, like, back, you know, coming home in a cat burglar outfit or whatever, she's not going to know what that means. It's yeah. just going to be like, that's just what dad dresses like when he goes to work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if he was even cat burglaring at that Well, point. he was because he was in her flashback. Like, he's in his outfit. Oh, that's right. That's the whole gloves thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and her whole thing is like, I only see you at night or whatever. That's so right. he's, con- he's been oh, continuing dummy. to do the cat he's a, burglaring. Damn, yeah. he's addicted. He's that thrill, the thrill of burgling. Yeah. I wonder, I haven't watched the one after this, and I really don't remember much of it at yeah, all, so I same. wonder if that's even talked, that might be addressed in the next episode, actually. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for working that through with me, because it yeah. actually makes me like everything a lot better. Yeah, I think it I think it makes as much sense as it can, given Is there the thick? limited information we have. Is there cat thick? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> I, I want to know how Anastasia and he met. Yeah. I want that love story. I kind of want Anastasia's, like, background you know like yeah, what she do was she always rich and found him or did he make her rich you know like where yeah. did she, where did she come from and all this where like were they were they thieves 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 together ooh, i love that i like, love i love the idea that like oh no that's so good derek i love the idea that they were they were burglars together right but she is like at some point dude, we have to stop. Like, we got to stop. We've done enough. We have to, like, start legitimizing our lives here and start burying the things people can find out about us. And he just, like, can't stop. You know, it's like the thrill for him. Whereas, like, for her, it was like, nah, man, like, we've reached a point where we need to end. Right. And there's, like, a contentious point in their relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they tell me otherwise, that's what I'm choosing to believe. Yeah. We'll see if something just totally... Shatters uh, it. It's a major conflict with that. Look, my thick friends would say it doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want. That's true. That's true. 
Wait, we did. Did we finish this episode yet? No, we have like no. one more thing that happens. There's like right? a very little bit left, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We got this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so, so Peter sets off to uh, meet up with Felicia, but arrives moments after Doc Ock has showed up and kidnapped Fucking her. Classic, of course. And at Kingpin's, Hardesky is there, refusing to reveal the formula, of course, even if it means torture. But Kingpin is like, mm, I don't need to torture you because guess what? I've kidnapped your daughter and Ock shows up with Felicia there and Felicia sees that her father is still alive seated right in front of her. And now they've been reunited just in the worst possible way. Oh yeah. Also wild to me. Cause it's been a whole thing that, you know, Kingpin's identity has been as Wilson Fisk has been. Yeah. secret. It was a big deal when, when Peter finally figured it out in the Daredevil episode and hasn't really been able to do much about it. Wild that he's just sort of like, Oh, Hey, Felicia Hardy, one of the richest people in the world. I'm, I'm Kingpin, by the way. Like, well, <laughs> it's clear that he, I mean, even when he gets what he wants, they're not going to be able to go free. Like, yeah. he's killing them no matter what. Yeah. You know, he uses Felicia to get the formula and then he, he mercs them both. It's still just a wild move because he's been so protective of it at this point, yeah. forever, you know, the, for the whole show. And and it's sort of like, oh, so this is, you you really think you've got this in the bag, don't you? And I feel like there's no way it's not yeah. going to come back and bite, in, bite him in the butt because. It has to. Like, yeah, like it has to. So, Plus who wouldn't want to bite that butt? <laughs> True. Yeah. That's why I said it. <laughs> bite that butt with my goo gun. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of goo guns. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a face, but I just love so much this Spider-Man in this weird goo ball. It just kind of looks like a cloud. He kind of looks like a variant of Golem, the Pokemon. Oh, yeah. You know what it also looks like? Remember from the 60s show when Spidey like rolls up in that web ball and knocks down a bunch of cops? Like, uh, yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's like that. He looks like A-Cab Spider-Man. <laughs> yep. A-Cab Spider-Man. <laughs> it's just funny. So goofy. The other thing I really like, it's, I guess, technically eye stuff. Yeah. I, it it's just confusing. I don't really know why this choice was made. It's a weird, it is a weird, <laughs> so, weird choice. There is yeah. a point in the episode, I think it's like, I don't know, it's at some point in Kingpin's lab. Landon's probably like off camera, like two feet away from this. But Kingpin is looking at Doc Ock. And in this show, Doc Ock always wears those like shades, you know? Uh-huh. And for some reason, they choose to reflect Kingpin's eyes in Doc Ock's shades. And at first, you're sort of like, are they showing Doc Ock's eyes? And if you look closely enough, you know they're not because like the eyebrows don't match and all the, uh, that sort of thing. But it's placed, it's like centered so perfectly that it looks like that. And then Kingpin moves and his eyes move with him in the reflection. So then you get this like weird off-centered eyes on Doc Ock's face. <laughs> It's just, I don't, it's an odd choice. It's a really odd choice. It's sort of like. (laughs) And it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Right. It's sort of like, it's cool that they were trying to do something creative, I guess, but it's like, why? And it's just kind of distracting, honestly. It it feels like when you see a piece of art someone did and they've just reflected too many things. Like, where they're like, oh, well, this would reflect, so I'm going to include the reflection. But, like, it's art. You can do whatever you want, baby. Like, you make it look good. You don't have to make it look real. Right. So, like, I just don't know why they reflected this. It's so yeah. weird. But weird I love choice. it. It's it's uncanny and weird. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like this. This is such a – I feel like this is such a strong start to the season. It's really just like the uh, – I don't know. Just like 
again, the amount of stuff they pack in these episodes, of course, like always, but I feel like it's just like, it's all just like really interesting stuff and like, it's mm-hmm. really compelling. And I feel like the ways that they've made these connections through continuity, like, and just played with all of these characters that have existed for, you know, for, for three seasons now yeah. and played with their histories and found new, new things to do with them and sort of, and, you know, we know that, that there's going to be plenty of stuff happening with Felicia. So like sort of moving these longstanding characters forward and doing new things with them. I don't know. It's like exactly what you want for a show this late in its life. You know, yeah. like it's, it's, it's like we've, we've done all of the early stuff. We've done all the setup. Now it's time for all the payoff, whether we intended for this to be something to be paid off or not, this is where the payoff is. And it's so yeah. cool to see it unfold in ways that are just like really fucking fun to watch. It's surprisingly clean and not surprising because this show is incapable of doing that, but because it wasn't necessarily that clean getting to this point, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. for an episode like this to feel as clean as some of the like cleaner series we've watched, some of which are good and some of which aren't, but are still pretty clean. Yeah. Like I'm just kind of surprised. It feels really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it really does feel like they're firing on, on all cylinders um, yeah. more than I expected. I remember in my memory, the third season is really good. And I feel like I don't remember, I don't have as strong of good memories about the season, but I think it's just because I don't really have many memories at well, all. And I think it's just because I didn't revisit them because it's just, it's not so much iconic individual episodes. That's it seems the thing. like as it is just a lot of good shit happening. You know, I was going to say, I wonder if this, ep- if this season is full of like good episodes that aren't like necessarily sexy episodes, if that yes. makes sense. Yes. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. that's the stuff you remember. Like e- even stuff that isn't good can still be like sexy, you know? So uh-huh. I wonder if this is going to be like high quality season that just doesn't have like those sexy moments. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's Someone we'll out there is like, you know, Black Cat's in the next episode, right? I mean, what do you mean, yeah. not sexy? Look, yeah, that's a good. If you don't get it. A... <laughs> maybe we're not for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm glad you're here. I mean, to to be fair, that's not wrong. Black Cat's really fucking sexy. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, <laughs> sexy. Has but do I remember applications. her? Do I remember her actual episode? I I don't remember anything that happens in the next one other than Black Cat is in it. Like truly, I have yeah. no fucking memory of anything. I'm really excited for so it. I'm really though. excited. Yeah, I feel me like too. all of the Black Cat episodes we've watched have like something interesting and are usually fun to watch. You know? Yeah, and this one's been such a long time coming, and I feel like yes. they're both fans of this version of Felicia and have like really yeah. enjoyed her character throughout this show. And so just to finally see that payoff and the fact that neither of us have a lot, a good memory of it to be able to sort mm-hmm. of re-experience that payoff kind of for the first time again is really exciting. Yeah. yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> well, if you can't wait for more episodes and just need more Walloping Wob Snappers right now, you can't wait for next week. Guess what? You're in luck because there's more over on Patreon.com. Uh, slash walloping web snappers in fact there is a ton of stuff there's like over 100 episodes over there and the majority of them are available for just a buck a month uh, so check that out patreon.com slash walloping web snappers and check out our discord there should be a link in the show notes there are folks there uh, talking all about spider-man stuff they might even still be talking about across the spider-verse at this point it's been a few weeks but it's just that good you know mm-hmm. uh, if you want to see the other stuff that Derek and I are doing on the internet there's all places all all places of which uh, that you could look at to find those 
Uh, Derek, where could people find you? Yeah, you can find me shooting off my Googans. Oh, Lord. On my Twitter, <laughs> at Derek B. Gale. It's true in some cases. Uh, you can also find my other podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high concept, experimental, uh, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and a different guest for every episode. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast, as well as uh, following it on Twitter and Instagram at Gimmicks Pod. What about you, Doug? You can find me biting Kingpin's ass on Twitter. <laughs> the ass back fortune. <laughs> the ass back fortune. It was there all along. <laughs> he was sitting on it. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Icky Bully. I C K Y B O O L E Y. You can also listen to me on a podcast called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast here on the Four Eyed Radio Network and Novel Gaming, a podcast I do with my friend Katie, where we catch up on all the books and video games we've been consuming lately. And sometimes we dip into other pop culture as well. Hey, check out our monthly podcast, the one Derek and I do uh, about Pixar movies. It's called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon. We watched every Pixar film chronologically. And guess what? A new Pixar movie released this past weekend. Uh, so we're dusting off the Falling with Style feed to talk all about Elemental. Look for that and all of our Falling with Style episodes wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find them on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com where there's a full archive of the Falling with Style feed and the Walloping Web Snappers feed. Uh, you can follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to submit fan art of me biting Wilson Fisk's ass, I will gladly accept it. Um, wouldn't turn that down. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too, and they just haven't found us yet. And next week, we alluded to it so many times, it is time for Black Cat in the episode called the black cat <laughs> fire off your goo guns everybody very excited see ya bye